Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Destiny Today with your host, Anthony Turner. Join us as we explore life and purpose from a kingdom perspective through biblical teaching, inspirational messages, and informative discussions with special guests. Our goal is to equip and mobilize you to walk in the fullness of your destiny today. Well, hello everyone. This is Anthony Turner, of course. I'm your host of Your Destiny Today, and we are very blessed and honored that you could join us for the podcast today. Um, We want to, of course, uh, invite you, if you haven't already, to uh, subscribe to the podcast so that you will get all of the weekly updates. And when we have a new podcast out there, they'll be available to you and they'll notify you right away. And today uh, is uh, no different. We have a, an amazing show uh, scheduled for you today with an amazing guest. Uh, this is a young lady that I want to introduce you to that you may not know now, but just know Father is going to use her tremendously. And one of the one of the things that uh, I'm reminded of as we step into this new era, and even what I've shared with you in times past, is that uh, I feel like we are in a place as a nation and as a community of people where we there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, and I'm reminded of Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, when there were 120 people that were waiting for the promise that Jesus gave to his disciples before he ascended. And he said, wait here until uh, you're endued with power. And when they were, they came out of this upper room. They came out, um, I think, in a very unconventional way. And the reason I say that is because the city was filled with people that were there for this uh, this ho- holy time. And the people saw uh, this 120 falling out of this upper room. And obviously they looked rather unconventional because um, Peter stood up and said, They aren't drunk like you think they are. So I believe that this is a a new era. And I believe with every new era, there needs to be voices that emerge and that arise to give language to what God is doing. And I think for me, I believe some of those voices are voices that uh, we've never heard before or people that we've never heard of. And so I I take uh, joy in uh, being one of those who feels like uh, anytime the Lord connects me with someone who I feel like has a, a message or a voice to release a word in the earth today, I want to share that with those of you who the Father has given me the opportunity to be in relationship with. And today is one of those days. About uh, three and a half years ago, I was in Aiken, uh, South Carolina, actually where I am today uh, as we record this. I was in Aiken, South Carolina, getting ready to do a meeting with my friend Catherine Wade. It was actually my first visit here. And uh, I was in the uh, room, the meeting room, where we were going to convene. And there was a piano in the corner. And those of you who know me know that I immediately jumped on the piano. And I was just kind of uh, playing around and just uh, worshiping just spontaneously. 
And this song, honestly, that I had never played or sang before just came up in my spirit. And I began to just sing this song. And the next thing I know, there's this young lady coming through the door. And she comes over and she sits, excuse me, she sits next to me. And uh, that was the beginning of a journey that has led to this moment and culminated in this moment right here where I get to introduce you to a remarkable uh, firebrand and I'm a remarkable worshiper, remarkable woman of God by the name of Shana Chinyanta. And so Shana, we want to welcome you to your destiny today and we're so privileged to have you with us. Thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here with you. Well, it's an honor for me, you know. Uh <laughs> if for those of you who who um don't know, Shana is one of my amazing daughters <laughs> and she's um um had I've had the opportunity over the course of the last few months uh, to uh, worship with her from time to time. Uh, she joined me in Dallas for a conference that we did where we saw just the glory of God just uh, really yeah. descend. And then the same happened just recently, a few days ago, while we were doing a time of worship here in Aiken. And she's a phenomenal worshiper. She's a phenomenal uh, voice, a prophetic voice, and a gifted woman of God. And so I invited her on the show today because I really, I'm fascinated with stories. I, that's, that's, my, that's me. I love to hear the stories of God's sons and daughters. You know, when you look at David, for instance, and you, you know, it's, it's really easy to look at King David where the, the, the people are saying Dave, Saul kills his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. It's great to see him in that context or when he defeated Goliath. But I love to get the backstory. That's me. How did he get there? What happened in David's life? What uh, obstacles did he have to overcome? And so um, I really invited Shana on today to kind of give her story and just so that you would just kind of know some of the things that uh, come against you when you are called with a for such a time as this anointing on your life. Uh, Shana has that. Many of you who are listening have that, even whether you realize it or not. And, uh, and, and many times the, the things that come against us make us feel like we definitely aren't that person. We, we, I, I call it the who me, yeah, you. And so, uh, Shana, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of give us a little bit of, uh, you know, just tell us about yourself, where you, where you are right now. And then maybe we'll go back to episode one and talk <laughs> about, uh, the, how, how you got to this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, right now I am a wife and a mother of a beautiful baby girl of eight months. She was born eight months ago. Her name is Eden. And my husband of a little over a year um, is from Zambia. Uh, we live here in Aiken right at the moment. So, yeah, that's that's where I am right now. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, I worship here and there with Papa when I, when I get the chance. <laughs> Well, it's always a joy for me whenever I get the chance to worship with you. And so, um, so you are a stay-at-home home mom. Well, and and Eden, if if you ever get to meet 
my granddaughter Eden, <laughs> let me just say, you will have your heart ripped completely mm-hmm. out of your chest. It's true. Uh, we have to constantly. I, I, I'm I'm thinking about getting uh, security, um, you know, <laughs> t- around her because every place we go, someone wants to steal her. She is just uh, precious and adorable, and um, uh, her parents are just amazing man and woman of God, and so. Um, you you were saying that you know your husband's from Zambia and uh, you've been married now a little over a year. Can you tell me uh, how did how did all that come about? So, <laughs> how far back do you want me to go? Well, you I'll let you I'll let you tell <laughs> us that. So I went out to California um, in 2018 to do some mission work with YWAM and. I won't go into the whole story yet, but um, the Lord led me to move there, and it was to meet him. We met um, in Huntington Beach, and uh, we fell in love. It was it was love at first sight, really. Um, I had never met anyone who... It was really just our spirits connected. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was beautiful, and we got married eight months later, and then... And then after we got married and and found out we were pregnant, we decided to move to South Carolina to raise our our baby girl here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Now you said uh, that uh, you moved out to California to first uh, um, join YWAM. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you this question because uh, obviously anytime uh, the Lord moves us like like He did you. There's some story behind that. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, you know, for me, I lived, I was born and raised in Alabama, and then the Lord uh, moved Alicia and me to Colorado, where we've been for the last 25 years. But like I said, there's always a why or something, even though many times I call him Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> Because we think we're going out for one reason, and we find out after we get there that he has other things in mind yeah. with that. So uh, what was your motivation? Uh, we know that you said YWAM is what prompted you to move there, but what were you, I'll ask you this way, what were you searching for? <laughs> more. <laughs> I knew there was more. Um, the Lord really just... He it was an amazing story of even how I got there and how he how he showed me the way. It was really step by step, little bits of obedience here and there. Because if you had asked me, you know, five years ago if I would be in YWAM in this in a circ, circuit riders, which is the the DTS I did, I would have thought you were crazy. You know, there's no way I would have done that. But it was just little steps here and there of obedience. And the Lord really just took me there to completely change who I was. (laughs) Just change my whole mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you said little steps of obedience here and there. Question for you. Have you found out one of the things that I've observed in my walk with the Father that constitute those big moments that start with little steps of obedience. Have you discovered, though, that when he speaks to you and you do obey, that many times, has it ever been where he's spoken to you and you knew the full picture 
with the first step or how's it been? Maybe one time that happened, (laughs) (laughs) but the other hundreds, it's just been one step that he's given me and it's led to so much more and more knowing him more and, and learning more about his world and learning more about his people and the way he sees the world that I never, I never would have imagined if I, if I wasn't just obedient to the call that he put on my life. Amen. Amen. Well, now you said uh, your, your motivation and what prompted you to go that way was more looking for more or wanting to have more of his presence Mm -hmm. in your life. Um, what, what did that, where did that journey begin with you? It began when I was very young, <laughs> when I was 11 and I gave my life to the Lord. Um, I, I'll go back even further. I grew up in a Mennonite home. Um, and if you don't know anything about Mennonite, think of the Amish, but not quite as strict. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We had cars and electricity. Um, but I grew up here in Aiken um, in, a, in a Mennonite community, Mennonite church, Mennonite school, uh, Mennonite family. All of my extended family was Mennonite. So it was a very sheltered environment. And I'm very grateful for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sheltered from a lot of the world that, you know, I, I see now. And it's just like, wow, the Lord protected me from so much growing up in that environment. Um, but... Also, I was protected from the more that I was seeking. Um, And when I was 11, I gave my life to the Lord. And it was really, I think, the first time he spoke to me. And and I just knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was going to leave at one point. And I was destined for more. Yeah. Destined to to not just be a, a housewife and, you know, a maybe a Sunday school teacher if, if they let me, because in the Mennonite church, they don't, they don't really let the women lead. Um, but I knew there was more and, and growing up, um, there were things that came against that, but there was always this sense that I just knew that the Lord was God. And no matter what, I've been through a lot, a lot of trauma, a lot of um, church hurt. Um, my dad died when I was 16. Um, when I was younger, I was sexually abused and physically abused. And, um, and there's a lot of, a lot of times that now people say, wow, how did, how did you not look at God and get bitter at him? Yeah. But I always, I don't know why I did, but I always separated who people were and who God was. Amen. And I never, I never let what people did to me, um, change or what happened in my life change who I thought God was. He's always been my provider, my protector. Um, and, and yeah, I just growing up, it was just, it was me and God against the world. Really. (laughs) It felt like, um, and then when I was, when I was 20, I finally actually left um, the Mennonite church and I I was searching for more. I started going to a different church and, um, and I, and the Lord asked me to uh, lead worship 
He wow. asked me to join the the worship team and and I said, Lord, I can't do that. And he said, Who told you that? Did I tell you that? I was like, Well, no, I guess not. And I did, and that was the first I think that was the first out of the box step that he asked me to do that I was like, Okay, Lord and I've and I've told him so many times, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, wherever you tell me to go, whatever you tell me to say, I will say, I will do, I will go. Wow. And that was the first time that that was that was a big step for me because I was so uncomfortable. Yeah. But I was obedient. And I'm so thankful that I was. Amen. So you said um, that you made that promise, that covenant with the Lord, wherever you ask me to go, whatever you, where did that come from? I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just listening to your story so far and you're right. There are so many people who kind of go in the opposite direction. Um, I remember uh, once I was getting ready to teach him, uh, teach at a church and I was just sitting on the front row and the Lord came and said this to me, and it really rocked my world. He said, um, he asked me a question. He says, what's the difference between a superhero and a supervillain? And, you know, I'm I'm like, what? It was just so out there, the mm-hmm. question that he asked me. And I'm, I'm, you know, pondering that. What do you mean? What's the difference between? And, of course, I, I like superhero movies, and I understand a lot of times that the plot is that there's a villain and there's a hero. And a lot of times the villain uh, is a powerful uh, influence as well. And so I, as I began to ponder that, I, I remember hearing the father, because I didn't know, and he says, the difference between a superhero and a supervillain is the way that they respond to trauma. Wow. So I'm thinking about you and the the things that you've, endured and overcome and and so my question is where where do you believe that came from with you to to be able to separate god from the the you know and and not blame god for the trauma or where 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 did all that come from i honestly don't know (laughs) (laughs) it was just something in me i just i was a friend of god Mm -hmm. i think and I just knew his character mm-hmm. and I knew who he was and who he wasn't. And I, and I just, I just knew that I could trust him because wow. he's always been so trustworthy. Wow. He's always been so faithful, but people haven't, yeah. <laughs> people yeah. haven't. Yeah. So I learned just to trust the Lord. And like I said, it was me and God against the world. Yeah. Um, but where that came from, I think it was, it was, I think it was from him Yeah. really. Cause I don't think I could, I couldn't be that person if I tried. You yeah. Know? Well, early on, obviously to me though, there has been with you, um, even at a young age, do you believe that there was, um, maybe inexplicable to you at that age, but there was this intimacy and personal relationship. So it sounds like to me, you've always had a personal relationship with the father i did and that's i mean that's really how i could live it out is because i was intimate with him and i i knew him and he was my friend i remember i my brother had a guitar and i i learned how to play guitar and i would just sit in my closet and sing just whatever i would 
now I'm like, oh, that's spontaneous worship. But then I had no idea. I had no scope for that. I didn't even know what worship was. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it, it was really just, yeah, like you said, it was an intimacy with the Father. Wow. You know, the, I, I know I, I, I oftentimes being um, involved in worship like I am, and I get to travel and do and interact with many uh, young worshipers and uh, people who have great voices, people who have great talent. And many times what I see as a, um, as a hindrance is that their skill in their music or their skill in their voice uh, prompts them to uh, want to perform. You know, I, we yeah. see that a lot, especially today. I, you know, I, I think it's always been that way, but especially with, uh, you know, worship and, and I'll say uh, worship music, Christian music, whether it's Bethel or Elevation or Hillsong, there is a there is a an acceptance or a popularity mm-hmm. uh, with being a worship leader that, you know, maybe 50 years w- you didn't have that, you know, you just sang songs, sang, sang hymns. But one of the things that you're telling me is that uh, you would grab your brother's guitar and go in the closet and just, just sing to the Lord mm-hmm. and uh, not having language for it, but having a heart for it. Yeah. So for me, uh, it's like, I, one of the things that I constantly try to to encourage young worshipers is because I tell people this about me. I say I'm not a singer, and <laughs> you know, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm not a singer. I'm mm-hmm. a worshiper. I'm a worshiper who sings, yeah. as opposed to a, a a singer who tries to worship. Mm-hmm. And uh, worship is the first is 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 the first love, yeah. and singing is the vehicle that I use to do that. And um, so that's something that that you uh developed early on you just i'll say it like this it just it was a natural path for you is yeah. that right yeah absolutely so um so the instrument and all of that was just a way for you to express what your heart was what your heart was feeling about God? Yeah, and I really I only knew four chords. <laughs> so I think all of the songs probably sounded exactly the same but i think to the lord it it was different <laughs> well you just hit on another uh thing that the father said to me once i um um i remember i was in um israel for the first time and i had an encounter with the lord that had to do with uh, a moment that i experienced when i was nine years old in church listening to a um a senior choir at our Baptist church sing and <laughs> and I remember that in my in my ears their voices were not all that great but in Israel 30 40 years later the Lord re- takes me back to that moment and he said these words to me he said you were listening for the note and you heard notes I heard their sound wow. and their sound was filled with worship. And so even with four chords, <laughs> you can worship the father. Yeah. So, um, your let's, let's, let's pick up from that. Your, your journey, 
of him telling you after you left the Mennonite church and you are going to this new church and he tells you to join the worship team and that was your first move of obedience. Mm -hmm. Where did that lead after that? (laughs) Well, um, the worship director at the time was Paul Austin and his wife is Christy Austin. Mm -hmm. You know them. And they had worship services here at the pregnancy center. And she was my first introduction to the Holy Spirit and all things of the Holy Spirit. And so that he set me at that place because I mean, that was the whole introduction to the rest of my life. I feel like, um, meeting him and him being a, a, a spiritual father and Christy being a spiritual mother and, and, really even just just seeing them once a week or seeing them twice a week um really they don't know the impact that they had on me and and Christy was she really discipled me um and I would go with her to speaking engagements and on the way I would just ask her all these questions (laughs) like what is tongues you know because I didn't know and I grew up thinking that that was demonic so (laughs) If there are demons, it was demonic. <laughs> yeah. So um, they really just just taught me about the Lord and gave me a fresh hunger and a fresh vision for what life looks like and what a life with the Lord could look like. Okay, so this all begins with one step of obedience mm-hmm. that is taking you out of your comfort zone yeah. to join the worship team and in saying yes to that, the father then gives you a spiritual mother or father mentors to to open a whole new horizon yeah. up to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so <laughs> what was that like? Um it was exciting. It was really um when I first met Christy I kind of thought she was a little crazy. <laughs> she's she's oh she's a beautiful woman. I love her so much but she's so out of the box. And yes. sometimes she says stuff and you're like, huh? What are you like for me? I was like, I don't understand. And it gave me this fresh hunger to be like, okay, Lord, is that true? Or is that because coming out of such a sheltered background, mm-hmm. I knew nothing of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I knew nothing. So if she was prophesying, I was like, mm, yeah, uh huh. Okay, sure. <laughs> sure, that's prophecy. You're just making that up. You know, because I didn't know. But then I went to the Father and I was like, okay, Lord, is that true? And he was like, yeah. He was like, do you trust me? You can trust her. And so I was like, okay, well, if I can trust her, then I can let her disciple me and and let her um, teach me about this. And so it was, again, a step of obedience to be like, okay, Lord, because I wasn't very trusting of people. Yeah. And so him him letting me know that I could trust them with my heart, with... um, with this whole new world yeah. <laughs> that I was learning about. Um, I think it was just such a, she was so um, intricate, integral in my, in my new walk with the Lord yeah. in, in learning about things. And it wasn't, it wasn't easy and it was very slow. I think it was over a few years yeah. that it really, um, it really played out. Um, with learning and and the Lord was so gracious and so patient with me. 
Um, and it, he, he played the slow game and the long game with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, first of all, you said something that I want to touch on, too, that I, I, I thought was so powerful. And that is, um, I think what you expressed is how important it is. Once again, this kind of came up underneath it all, how important it is to have a personal, intimate relationship with the Father so that when you see something that you don't understand, instead of just throwing it out, your first response was to go to the Father, go to go to Papa and say, is that true? Is, is, Is this real? Is... And, and and you had that type of relationship with him yeah. where um, even though you didn't understand or you, you you weren't sure about it, you knew where to go to get the get the the, re- the right answer in the response. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm thinking about that for our listeners and for those of you who have, you know, maybe encountered some similar things that Shana has encountered. Something uh, with that that you don't understand, and it goes back to even the very first of our um, podcast when I was talking about Acts chapter two, because here are a hundred and twenty people who are coming out of a room, and this was unconventional, and these people that were uh, in the city of Jerusalem at the time had n- had never seen anything like this and uh their response however um they was okay this is strange this is unusual but then father had peter stand up and say this is that which was spoken by the prophet joel so my assumption with you is that the father a told you first that you could trust her Mm -hmm. and that you could um you could let her just speak into your life. And then secondly, my my assumption is that at some point, you found this to be true through the Word of God. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I I very much ser- searched the scriptures. I, I had... Actually, when I was 13, I think it was the first time that I read the Bible completely. Mm-hmm. I went through and read the entire Bible because mm-hmm. I was just so... I was just so searching... Because what I read in the Bible wasn't what was happening in my community that I was in. And uh-huh. so I was confused. Yeah. And I wanted to trust my leaders. I mm-hmm. wanted to trust the people around me, my parents. But what I was finding was different. And I was like, God, this can't be you. If this is what I'm reading about, what I'm seeing is not you. Yeah. And that hunger has spilled over and, and has just grown for the rest of my life. It Amen. really has. Amen. You know, uh, one of the things that I want to address right now and talk about is something that uh, Shana has just brought up. Um, a friend of mine, James Nesbitt, he uses this phrase that I love. He says, we can only walk in the light that we, uh, that we carry. And so many times it would be very, very easy to uh, dishonor or to, you know, just say of the people who maybe um, didn't know that, you know, just blame. And I've seen that a lot, especially in the body of Christ. I've seen where there's someone who steps into a new realm of understanding with the Lord. And the, and the first thing that they want to do is they want to dishonor or bash where they came from. 
But I, I'm really grateful to you, Shana, because the first thing you said is that you were thankful for some of the things that, that you encountered because you saw where being sheltered in some ways was a was was God's blessing yeah. over your life. And and uh and and then the other thing that um you've allowed to happen for you is for you to now uh, step into a place where I think you step as an intercessor for a lot of people that, um, you know, your community, mm-hmm. um, there's still, to a certain degree, there's still some relationship and connection there. Yeah. And so um, what's that like for you? So um, my my mom is still Mennonite, mm-hmm. and um, there's a, f- a few of my siblings are still Mennonite. I'm one of five. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I actually, the Lord actually <laughs> taught me um, and, and told me that when he took me to California, he took me away to teach me and he brought me back to teach. And it's so been on my heart, the the women of the Mennonite community, because I came from there. I know what they're going through. Yeah. I know what their thought processes are. Mm-hmm. And so um, the Lord brought me back to, to teach what I learned, um, to teach who he is and and who I am as a daughter and who they are as daughters. Um, I started a women's ministry out of my house, mm. and I get the privilege of of teaching um, these Mennonite girls uh, about the Father and who He is and who they are. And it's it's been so beautiful to watch um, the questions that they have and and the journeys that they're on. It's it's been an, it's been incredible. It really has. That is. That is so amazing, and again, it it just brings me to why I was so overwhelmed and blessed, you know, as I began to get to know you and hear more of your story and to see how the Father has used you tremendously to be a beacon light to others, to bring them into a greater measure of their destiny and purpose. And uh, I remember... um, I heard this guy once, he was talking, and he says, the things that we go through in our life, they can either make us bitter or they yeah. can make us better. Yeah. And um, and obviously you've chosen to um, let the things that you've had to overcome make you better and yeah. not only make you better for for who you are as a daughter of the Most High, but also to be one to go back and say... Um, I want to see others get set free. I want to see others experience the fullness. Yeah. Uh, and, and what we're talking about in this case are people who who do know the Lord. It's not that they are, you know, but 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 you found a place where Father is calling you to bring them to even a greater measure of their purpose and destiny. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's important? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, we can know the Lord, but still not be free. Yeah. We can still know the Lord and still be in bondage. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, like it says in uh, John chapter 8, um, you know, Jesus is talking to a crowd. I, I love that scripture. He's talking to a crowd of people. Uh, and it says that uh, many, many believed on him. Mm-hmm. It didn't say all, but it said many. 
And then it, it, it qualifies it even more. It says, and then Jesus said to those who believed. So there's, so he's at this point, what he's sharing is with the people who believed. Yeah. And he said, if you continue in my word, then you become my, in my disciples yeah. and you shall know the truth. Disciples shall know the truth and the truth makes them free. So that just really uh, validates what you said. You can be a believer. You can be a Christian and still not be free. But Father wants to bring us to a place of freedom because that freedom that we walk in then empowers us to set others free. Yes. And so that's awesome. That's awesome. So as we uh, begin to kind of wind down here, let me uh, just ask, uh, what 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 is it that you would like to see uh, the Father do? Um, what are some of the goals and desires of your heart moving forward here uh, in the next few years? Wow. That's a question. <laughs> yeah, it is a question, isn't it? Um, you know... My husband and I, the Lord, the Lord gave us a vision, uh, and gave me a vision even before I met Cass, mm-hmm. um, that we would be in ministry together. My husband and I would be in ministry together, and that's what I want to see play out. Mm-hmm. Um, because actually, it's funny. Um, the Lord gave me this word, uh, Cana, K A N A. And it's, it's actually um, our two names put together, Cass and Shana, Kana. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like there was an, a, another meaning behind it. So mm-hmm. I looked it up, and it's actually the Japanese word for powerful. And the Lord told me, when you two are together, you're more powerful. When you walk wow. in unity, you're more powerful. Wow. When, you're, when you do things together, you are more powerful. So wow. that's what I want to see. I want to see us walking together in ministry, in unity, in the fullness of what he has for both of our lives. Um, so that's what I want to see. I want to see more children and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and more, more freedom for myself and, and for my community. Um, I'm excited for what he's doing in Aiken. Revival's coming to Aiken. Amen. 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 Um, and that I'm just excited for all of it. It's, there's so much coming and I'm excited for the more because there's always more. There's amen. always more. There was more when I was 16. There was more when I was 20 and there's more now. Well, amen. And I can agree with you on all of that for uh, you and Cass, for Eden, for yeah. your family, for uh, those young uh, ladies that you get to mentor and pour into yeah. for your community for uh, this region, for Aiken and for South Carolina, and also for the nation. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I just, um, I'm so grateful that you would uh, take the time to join me today and, and just share a portion of your story. And um, uh, just as you would, if, if what would be your, uh, just your closing remarks to, to any uh, young person who has aspiration to, for more, what would be your just um, advice to them now? Don't get your revelation from someone else. Get it from the Lord. Wow. Um, very early on, the Lord, the Lord told me that um, revelation from other people is secondhand. 
and firsthand revelation from him is so much more powerful and so much more personal. And those are the words that have lasted with me. Wow. So get with the father and, and learn who he is and, and have your intimate secret place with him. And then be willing to count the cost, be willing to pay the price because it's not easy. Yeah. And there's, you have to be willing to say, Lord, I will go where you go. I will say what you say. I will do what you tell me to do. So. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, the final note, if you would just um, just pray for those who are listening right now and wherever they are and whatever, wherever they are with the Lord, wherever they are in their lives, yeah. just uh, just pray over them and just release whatever the Father yeah. gives. Yeah. Lord, I just ask right now that you will, that you will breathe a fresh hunger for you, a breath, uh, a fresh vision for who you are, God. That you will breathe in them a fresh hunger, so that they can, that they will hunger and thirst after you, Jesus. That they will hunger and thirst after righteousness. God, meet them right where they're at. I pray for new encounters and new. Um, new visions and new uh, prophetic words to be spoken over their lives. God, I ask that that if they are in a place that they need to be taken out of, that God, you will pluck them from that place like you did me and set them on a new path, that you will pluck them from despair, from complacency, from passivity into a new place, that yes. you will set them on a new path with you, Jesus. I pray this all in your name. Amen. 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 Well, we're so blessed to have you with us. And and so I just want to let all of our listeners know once again, uh, thank you for joining us today. And uh, we'll be back next week with a, a new guest and a new adventure and a new uh, testimony of the Father's goodness and how he is taking us from glory to glory. And so we just invite you, if you haven't already subscribed, uh, we just want to invite you to subscribe so that you'll get notifications of our uh, every time we up, uh, upload a new podcast. And you can find us on Apple uh, Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on iHeartRadio, on Spotify. We're pretty much out there on any of those podcast platforms. And we just, uh, we're, we're for you. We're praying for you. We believe in who you are. And we thank the Father that he is speaking into your life, bringing you into a fuller revelation of your destiny today. God bless you. You've been listening to Your Destiny Today with Anthony Turner. To join us each week, don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. To find out more or to invite Anthony to your next conference or event, go to DestinyMI.com.